Baseball Italian style brings together the memories of major leaguers of Italian heritage whose collective careers span nine decades, from the 1930s to the present. In these first-person accounts, baseball fans will meet the players they cheered as heroes or jeered as adversaries, as well as coaches, managers, front office executives, and umpires at an intimate level. Join author Lawrence Baldessaro and some of the pillars of our national pastime in these historic and never-before-heard interviews. Baseball Italian style starts now. This is a telephone interview with Phil Cavaretta, April 29, 2001. Um, where were your parents from? Oh, they were Sicilian. Yes. Okay. Sicilians. Did they both immigrate to America? Uh, yes, they immigrated to America oh, way, way before I was born. Actually, uh, my brother Mike uh, was born in Italy. Okay. And then I have an older sister, Sarah. She was born here, and then uh, I was born here. But mm. my mom and dad. Uh, Angela Cavaretta and Joseph Cavaretta were born in Italy and Palermo. Right. Uh, what, what did your dad do? Uh, did he come to Chicago directly? Uh, yes. You know, they went into New York first, and then they migrated in, uh, in Chicago where they uh, had some uh, relatives there, and this is where they set their seat, so to speak. Right. What did your dad do? Well, my dad, uh, unfortunately, being un uneducated, in those days, you know, education, they uh, didn't go to school very often, but they, uh, he was uh, a laborer. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, got himself a pretty good job at one of our grade schools in Chicago, and he was... Uh, I, uh, I'm proud of him. He was a janitor there. Uh huh. What you grew up on the uh, north side of Chicago, right? Near north side. What? I was born and raised on Cleveland Avenue. What north side of Chicago? Can you describe your neighborhood a little bit? Well, when I was there, I, I was born, and you know, later on during my baseball career, it was uh, mostly I would say Italian, mm -hmm. Irish people. And uh, German people. And uh, I may say so again, real, real good people. Mm -hmm. Very family oriented. You know, if some neighbor needed a hand, they would come over and help you. Good yeah. old days, I guess. I've, I've read in uh, some newspaper accounts that it was supposed to be a tough neighborhood. Is that accurate? Later around, when I became, I, uh, once I got married and then and live at home anymore. Uh, later on, it was a very, very bad neighborhood. Matter of fact, the Catholic church I went there is St. Philip's. I mean, a lot of the, well, I don't know what word I should use, uh, bad people were in that area, and it wasn't a, a very safe place to uh, go out at night. But, 
but you're saying it wasn't that way when you were growing up there? No, sir. Okay. Just a lot of families and shops? Yeah, when I was growing up, just like I mentioned, uh, good uh, Italian, Irish, and German people, and all uh, respected their neighbors, let me put it that way. Sure. But it changed. Did, did you speak Italian at home? Do I? Did you when you were a kid with your folks? Oh, yeah. Yeah? That's all we spoke at, uh, at home was Italian. Uh-huh. To my mom and dad, that's the only language they knew, so to speak. And I spoke Italian, and actually going to school, I learned to speak English. Yes. And I'm very proud of it, really, to be honest with you. Sure. So... When you started to play baseball, um, when did you think about becoming a professional? Well, I always loved baseball. Actually, when I was just a little guy, going to our grade school there, Manier Grade School, we had a big old sandlot there. And I just took a liking to baseball, and I started out uh, uh, by playing softball. Uh-huh. And in those days, they had a, the size of the softball was 16 inches. Right. And boy, that's pretty good tired to hit. <laughs> I wish I was hitting that too when I was playing in the big league. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's where I started playing softball uh-huh. at my grade school there, and I loved it. And we would choose up size, flip up a coin, hold a bat, and go up with the hands and. Pull a bat and see who kicks it off first, and he's the home team. Right. And it was fun, really. Did you grow up with a, a, a lot of, of Italian kids at your school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like I say, Italian, Irish, and Germans, and good people. We had teams there. And, and later on, uh, I went to high school at Lane Tech High School on the north side of Chicago there. Right. Then it was an all-boys team mm-hmm. when I was going to school. And we uh, it was noted for its baseball team. And I went there and uh, started to play for the team. And the coach uh, we had there at high school, his name was Percy Moore. Right. May his soul rest in peace. And he was a beautiful, beautiful Irishman, really, and he, uh, he, not only was he a good person, but a, a real good baseball person, you know. He knew how to play the game. He knew how to teach the kids. But the main thing with him was that he was fair to everybody. He was a good, honest person, and he he loved his kids. Uh-huh. That meant a lot, you know, it's good to have someone screaming at you, and how come you didn't do this and that, and this makes you go uh, go a little further and put out a little more, so to speak. Right. You were primarily a pitcher in high school, right? Uh, I, I, I was a pitcher. In those days, I guess if you threw hard, you were a pitcher. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, at the beginning, being left-handed, my control wasn't too good. Uh-huh. But he, uh, my coach got, up, got me on the side and showed me a few small things I needed to correct. And finally, I, uh, I had pretty good control, but, you know, I threw hard. But actually, my best pitch uh, was a curveball. Uh-huh. You know, you throw a curveball in high school, 
That's pretty good. You got him. Yeah. Now, and then, uh, when I wasn't pitching, I played first base. Right. Which was uh, actually my position. This is where I wanted to play to start out with. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to play every day, let me put it that way. Yeah. And you played American Legion ball, too. American Legion, yes. And again, uh, Percy Moore, he was our coach. Oh, he was? Okay. And he uh, he would take the, uh, the kids at, uh, from our school, Lane Tech. Yep. And uh, it was our Legion team. And actually, uh, three years in a row that I played uh, Legion ball, we won the championship there, went to the regional. And in 19, let me think here, 1933, uh-huh. we went to the uh, Little World Series. Right. Which is all the way. And we played in New Orleans. Okay. And uh, the team we played against was Trenton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And their th- third baseman, he finally, he went up to, for Cincinnati, he went up to Cincinnati as a third baseman. His last name was McCormick. I can't think of his first name. Uh-huh. Pretty good player. But anyway, we uh, we defeated Trenton, New Jersey, and won the Little World Series. And then for a, sort of a, I guess a gift you would call it, if you win the Little World Series championship, you're supposed to go to the World Series. Uh-huh. Well, some reason or another, which we never found out, we never, we never did go. <laughs> which was a sad day, really. You think that was because it was the depression? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, they, they didn't come up with the money, and I believe the teams were the Yankees, and this you can check on. I think it was the Cubs. In '33. '33. Yeah. I think it was Joe McCarthy was their manager. Right. Yeah, well, they had Lazari and Crosetti. Yeah, a guy who was my favorite player, Lou Gehrig, on first base. Oh, Gehrig was your favorite? No. All the way. He, yeah? Uh, even when I was a kid, he was my favorite. And when I grew up, he was my favorite because... Because he was first baseman? Well, not because he was a first baseman, but because he was such a good person. Yeah. You know, he'd say hello to everybody, ask him for an autograph. He gave you an autograph, and uh, no problem. Hmm. But where I first saw Lou Gehrig was at Wrigley Field there. Yeah. This is, I think, in 1931. Uh, the New York team, high school team that he played for, would come in and play the school I finally went to, Lane Tech. Okay. And the game was always held at Wrigley Field. So I went out there that afternoon. No, ask me how I got in. I snuck in. Uh-huh. I didn't have the money. Uh-huh. So I went in there, and uh, like I say, uh, I hear the betting order, Luke Carey, first base. I said, oh, my God, first base. That's my man. Yeah. Really, I'm thinking that, too. So I'm watching Luke Garrick, and this is where I first saw Lou. And to make a long story short on this, he hit a home run there. Wow. And the right field bleachers. Now, you obviously knew about Lazari, too. Tony Lazari. Very well, I got acquainted with him uh, when we first met the Yankees, played against the Yankees in the World Series. Right. Lou Gehrig was 
actually the first baseman. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, I got on base a couple of times, and he was always very observing, you know. He wouldn't say much, but he was always watching other people hit and how they played. Yeah. I got on base the third time. I think it was the third game of the series. We got wiped out four in a row, by right. the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, he's holding me on first. And this is when he was just starting to be ill. Yes. You can tell the way he was walking. It was very slow and kind of wobbly. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was a strong, powerful man. Yeah. But it was noticeable. But anyway, I got on first base and he's holding me on. And I'm kind of looking at him, peeking at him. I said, my God, this is, this is my man. <laughs> so he, uh, he finally kind of in a whispering voice, he said, Phil, he said, you know, I've been watching you in all the three games we played at you. And I like the way you play. Wow. I said, how come? He said, you're always hustling. And this is the way the game should be played. Uh-huh. And I said, Thanks a lot, Lou. So he said, let me tell you one more thing. And I'll never forget this as long as I live and as of today. He said, don't change. And that really, the rest of my career, I always remember that because I always gave 100%. I always hustled. And regardless of the score, I always always hustled. I'll never forget Lou saying it. Yeah, coming from him, that, that was quite a thing. Oh, it's hustle. He said, don't change. What, what about Lazari? What did you think of him as a ball player? Well, actually, I didn't see that much of Lazari as a player, but actually, you know, from his record and his background, he was an outstanding second baseman, but yeah. what a great hitter, you know, a good power hitter. So you growing up as an Italian American, though you didn't idolize Lazeri, you idolized Gehrig. Right. Okay. But I respected Lazeri. Yeah, you knew about the Italian. Well, of course, there weren't that many Italian ball players when you oh, came yeah, up. Yeah, I remember him, and I knew Joe DiMaggio too. Yeah, well, that was later. Yeah, Joe came up He's later. A very good friend of mine. Yeah. But I got acquainted. <laughs> excuse me. But uh, used to call and push him up. Yeah. Tony yeah. Lazeri. Yeah. When he came over to the Cubs in 1938. Right. That's, that's right. the year we won the pennant. That's right. And during our meetings, I always remember, you know, we'd go over to hitters and he, he would always stand up and say, pitch this guy this way and play him that way. And this is where I got acquainted with Tony. Uh-huh. 1938 in the World Series. And, and he was with us, the Cubs. Right. And like I say, we got clocked four in a row. <laughs> Boy, they had a team, let me tell you, Lou Gary, Red Ruffin pitching, uh, a man by Joe DiMaggio playing center field. Yeah, not bad. Dickie catching, Red Ruffin pitching, good Lord. These <laughs> people are all Hall of Famers. Yeah. So I uh, say, well, I'm happy we got ripped four in a row by uh, a team of Hall of Famers. That's not too bad. Right. <laughs> now, I've read that you decided to play professional baseball because your family was having a tough time in the Depression. Is that true? All the way, yeah. Yeah. What 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 happened? Well, actually, uh, actually, my senior year, because it was 
you know, like you say, it was the depression. And matter of fact, we had a tough time getting anything to eat. My dad couldn't get a job. My brother couldn't get a job. And wow. Things were tough. And matter of fact, in those days, to create some heat in the house, you had these pot belly stoves. Yeah. You throw hot coal in there. Right. Things were so tough, we didn't even have money to buy the coal, so I would go down to the coal yard where the freight trains would come in, you know, loaded with, with uh, coal. Yeah. And I'd go over there and pick up the droppings and take it home. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my son, now that I think about this, he said, Dad, why don't you write a book? Yeah. So are you going to beat him to it? <laughs> So when you decided you wanted to play professionally, what did your parents think about that? Well, my parents, this is another cute little story I always think about. Matter of fact, even when I was just a kid, I'd play softball. My dad come over and watch. And, you know, he didn't know what the game was all about. Yeah. Oh, he saw a bunch of kids running around chasing a ball. <laughs> and I'd come home, you know, and I would slide, I'd be sliding all over the place and <laughs> My overhauls were kind of tore up, and I'd come home and dirty and late for supper. And you're late for supper, you don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> so he looked at me, he said, in his own Italian way, he said, Philly, hmm. now Philip. Yeah. Philly, where you been? <laughs> I said, Dad, I was out playing baseball with the, the kids and my friends in the schoolyard. And he had real sharp. He had blue eyes, by the way. Uh-huh. He was a good-looking man. And he looked at me through sharp eyes. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> He's coming at me. Uh-huh. And he looked at me. And he said, baseball. What the hell is your baseball? <laughs> You'll go to school or I'll break your head. <laughs> That's a true story. Wow. So anyway, uh, my senior year, I had to leave school because... Someone had to go out and make a dollar, and this is when I went to my coach, Percy Moore, and I had, I presented my story to him. He said, well, gee, I hate to, you know, see you leave. I said, if you have to go, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Well, matter of fact, he's the one that kind of set the needle in the pie to uh, have the Cubs give me a, a workout right. at Wrigley Field. Right. So I went out there, and... I must have weighed about all of 150 pounds. That wasn't very big. <laughs> so I went out there and had my uniform on, and, and I'm walking around, and, geez, all these players are looking at me, and they thought I was a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So they came up there, and he said, Hey, kid, what are you doing here? I said, I'm out here for a tryout. And the first guy that came up to me, and may his soul rest in peace, was, he was a tough guy. Pat Malone. Yeah. He said, the tryouts. He said, you ought to go get something to eat and put some weight on, kid. <laughs> you know, I'm scared to death now. Yeah. So finally, uh, Charlie Grimm was their first baseman and the manager. He come up and he was a super guy. And he introduced himself to me and he said, you here for a tryout? And I said, yes, sir. Because in those days, my mom and dad Speak to your elder, you say, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So I said, yes, sir. He said, well, go get yourself a bat and 
them if you swing up there, we'll take a look at you. Mm -hmm. So in those days, I mean, they, everybody used a much heavier bat than they do today. I think the lightest weight bat was maybe about 48 ounces. And, I mean, that was a heavy lumber for me. Sure. So I went up there and I talking to my son. I said, boy, this bat's too heavy. I'm not going to you know, be able to get around. So I choked up on the bat. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, I had, short, I had a real good batting session there. I went to about oh, four different times because as I kept going in there, I kept opening some eyes. I said, my God, look at this guy. He's whacking that pee pretty good. Uh -huh. But Charlie Krim and Charlie Root, Billy Herman and those people. Yeah. So uh, actually, uh, one I hit out of the park. Wow. <laughs> so they... Uh, they just said, Jesus, I think we better sign this kid. Was this at Wrigley? At Wrigley Field, yes, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And this is where they signed me, and then... Uh, and this is the ballpark you used to sneak into as a kid. I can't hear you. That was the ballpark you would sneak into as a kid. That's right. And here you are hitting home runs. And I was always sitting up in the upper deck. Uh, and you were, what, 18 years old, right? Uh, when I joined the Cubs? Well, when the tryout, yeah. Seventeen, yeah. I signed my first year was eighteen in professional ball. Okay. They sent me to Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. The old three R league. Yeah. And I went there and their head scout, Clarence Rowland, he's the one that drove me to uh, Peoria. Mm hmm and Like I say, I was very, very quiet and we're driving and driving and in Chicago, Peoria, so it's lunchtime. So Pat's Rowland was his name. He said, you want to stop something to get eat? You know, like I said earlier, yes, sir. <laughs> so we stopped to get something to eat. He orders a hamburger and some buttermilk. He said, what are you going to have? I said, I'll have the same. I didn't know what the hell I order. <laughs> are you there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the hamburger and buttermilk comes, and I'm eating my hamburger. You know, I was hungry. I'm going to take a sip of my milk. Yeah. <laughs> I take a sip of the milk to myself. I said, God, this milk is sour. Because <laughs> it was buttermilk. Right, right. <laughs> so I just left it there. <laughs> so we went on a PR and uh, we went there and we met our, our manager. His name was Murphy. And I played my first game and I had a pretty good game, to be honest with you. I went for the cycle. Wow. Single, double, triple, and a home run. So that was a pretty good beginning at Peoria, but then uh, due to the fact they got the late start and it was colder and snowing in April, so the league disbanded. Yeah. And then from there they sent me to Reading, Pennsylvania, the old uh, New York Penn League. Right. And this is where I... I had my first full season of professional baseball. Yeah. So then uh, my season's over, and I'm anxious to get back home, and I'm back in my bag, and I get a telegram. But I thought I was being released. <laughs> Instead, I pick up the telegram. It was from Wrigley, from the front office of Wrigley Field. Report to the Cubs in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. 
I said, somebody's pulling my leg here. <laughs> I said, one of my teammates are doing it. Uh-huh. I thought it was Dominic Delisano. He was on the team, too. Oh, yeah. Because he was always, you know, joking around. <laughs> and I went up to him. I said, hey, Tommy, did you send this telegram? He looked at it. He said, hell no. <laughs> he said, you're going to Boston and join the Cubs. He said, take me with you. <laughs> so anyway, I went to the to uh, Boston and picked up the club there in 30, 34. Yeah. Yeah. 35, 19 years old, 18 years old, and turned 19 in July of 35 and in the big leagues at 18 and World Series in 19. Boy, oh boy. I think that's still a record. Yeah. Or maybe Freddie Lindstrom uh, could have been 18 in Melot. Hey. When you started playing professionally, especially in the major leagues, did you ever encounter any kind of prejudice because you were Italian? Did they call you any names or anything? Oh, uh, no. Not <laughs> in those days, everybody, uh, we respected everybody. That was the first thing. Yep. You know, it, uh, you're our teammates and you're our friends and we have to pull for each other, which we did. And that's one reason we had such good teams in those days. And, uh, you know, if you made an error, they say, well, geez, forget it. Get them tomorrow, you know. Yeah. If you made a mental area, someone like Billy Herman, for example, or Cream would come up and he said, look, this is what you did and this is the way you got to do it. So this is what I call team effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, prejudice, we didn't even know what the word was in those days. Okay. We respected each other. Yeah. Italians, Germans, Irish, whatever you were. They, uh, we're friends and we're pulling for each other. Did the uh, writers uh, have trouble with your name because it was long? <laughs> well, not really. Some of them, uh, even today, I get a lot of fan mail. Yeah. Some of them say, well, look, I see your, in this card, you're, there's just one R in there. Right. And I got a couple other cards with double R. Yeah. I said, <laughs> and the newspaper man would, you know, I didn't get upset about that. Yeah. So I said, well, gee, I'll be honest, I don't know how to spell it. Really? Well, this made matter yet, so. <laughs> what is the right <laughs> form? Huh? What is the right version? Two R's? Uh, right, yeah. Yeah. I don't give it out uh, when I sign an autograph because you know, a lot of these kids can got good handwritings and they can uh, copy a handwriting and get a couple of checks. And yeah, that's true. To check. Yeah. That's the reason I try to fool people. <laughs> what was your uh, your birth name uh, on your birth certificate? Was it Philip or what? Philip. Philip. Okay, so Why not. Now? Not Italian version, just American. Joseph, second name. My boy yeah. was an Italian name. Yeah. One was after my uncle, Philip, and then uh, Joseph was my dad. So when you went to the Cubs, <clears throat> did your parents go to a lot of the games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once I became, you know, I went to the Cubs. They, uh, they kind of took a little extra share because I was bringing in some money. and Yeah. I get paid on the first and the fifteenth, and I bring the check to my mom and dad. Right. But then after I got married, you know, it was a little different. Take care of the family. What year did you get married? Got married 
me think here, 1936. Okay. And 65 years. Wow, congratulations. November the 9th. November 9th. Uh, congratulations. All, all at one moment. That's, that's good. You got to present her with a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> I read in uh, one of the paper newspaper accounts your uncle would go to the games too. Big part? That your uncle would also go to the games with your parents. Oh, yeah. They would, uh, they would they'd come out. So, like I say, once they got on the you know something about the game, you know, they would come out there and, you know, they got to be uh, good fans. They, uh, like my dad would say, uh, I'm a Cavarano fan. Uh-huh. Not a Cub fan. <laughs> what he was, they come out there and they sit out there and enjoy themselves, really. Now, did you have a lot of following among the Italians in Chicago? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Did they how, did they honor you in some way? Well, at thirty thirty five, they honored me with uh, Cabrera Day out of Ridden Field. Uh huh. Presented me with a nice automobile. Wow. Sixteen gauge shotgun, which I still have. Gee. You know, which I thought was was just beautiful. You know. Now, who did that in particular? But he, they had an Italian-American social club there. Okay. You don't remember the name? Oh, jeez. That's <laughs> been so long ago, not really. Yeah. But there was the Italian-American uh, social club. Did they do other things for you? I mean, how else did they... Uh, how, did, how did you know they were there as Italians, in other words? Let me go back to my day. My wife is listening here. <laughs> she said the, uh, the people that put on the, the day for me... Yeah. Colombian Club. Colombian Club, okay. Yeah, that was a Knights of Columbus. Oh, okay. And they're the ones that... Uh, she has a better memory than I have. <laughs> well, yours is pretty good. <laughs> yours is pretty good. Speak up a little. So your memory's pretty good. Well, I try. Yeah. Now, you became manager in 51, and... Do you know that you were the first Italian-American to manage a, a major league team full season? No, I really didn't, to be honest with yeah. you. You know who the first was, but it was only for 10 games at the end of the 38 season. Do you remember Oscar Melillo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, infielder. Yeah, with yeah, the Browns. Yeah, Oscar Melillo, yeah. He, I didn't really know that, to be honest with you. Yeah. He was uh, just, I think, the last 10 games of the 38 season, but he never managed again. Yeah. Now, I know you were a replacement manager, too, for part of, or a half of the season, right, in 50. It's Frankie Frisch. Right. But then you were the full-time manager for all of 52, so you were really the first Italian-American manager. Well, God, I feel honored, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, was, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Did you enjoy managing? I enjoyed managing, yes, very much, to be honest with you. But like I say, you know, like in those days, uh, your players would listen to you. They would say, well, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to go to arbitration, and I want $52 million and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But they played the game because they loved it, and they played the game because uh, they wanted to win. Yeah. Yeah, when they first started going out to Wrigley Field and go out and watch the Cup games, yeah, uh, they always had to go through the the front office there 
so to speak, where the, the secretary of the Cubs was. Right. You had to go through there to pick up your pass, so to speak. And our secretary name was Bob Lewis. And, and uh, I enjoyed Bob, but at times, you know, with his job, he'd get a little grumpy. Yeah. Well, my mom and dad would go in there, you know, in their broken English, and they'd say, Mr. Louise, <laughs> como esta? Uh-huh. And Bob would look at him and tell him, what, what do you want? <laughs> I want a ticket for my my son. He's going to play today. <laughs> he says, yeah, I know. He plays first base. He said, Mr. Louise, you know, my son is a good player. He's going to win the game for the Cubs today. <laughs> and this would make Bob laugh. Uh-huh. Finally. End of story. That's a nice story. Yeah. Now, you were the MVP in 1945. Right. That must have been pretty thrilling for you. Well, that's one of those years you kind of really, I know you heard the phrase before, kind of a year that you dream of. Yeah. You. yeah. you know, everything has to go your way. Right. Your line drives have to drop. Your blue broken bat hits have to drop. Yeah. You know, it hit three, five, five. Yeah. You know, that's a bundle. <laughs> And you had a great World Series, too. Well, yeah, I, uh, like I say, I'm what you would call a discipline hitter, and it was kind of a patient hitter. And I know one, one fellow, which I, and actually I was sorry to see him leave the Cubs, Mark Grace. Yeah, yeah. Same way, you know, hit the ball in the right field, left field, left center. Mm-hmm. You know, be patient up there. Yeah. He got a lot of base on ball, and I was kind of the same type of hitter mm-hmm. as Mark Grace. Yeah. Maybe the same type of hitter I was. Yeah. And But Mark was a better fielder than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, to me, he was one of the best I've seen, to be honest with you. Yeah, he was good. Exception of maybe my former manager and player, Charlie Grimm. Yeah. Here's a man that, I mean, this guy was an outstanding fielder. He was a great hitter. And you could look up his stats. Hit over three, 320 lifetime batting average, hit yeah. home runs. Yeah. Managed three teams into the World Series. This man should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, what are they waiting for? <laughs> I'm going to have to call Yogi Berra up because he, he's on the Veterans Committee that's, there. That's right. The, to get their Charlie Grimm in there. And while I'm on the subject, they should get Ron Sano in there, too. Yeah, that's true. Good Lord. Yeah. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, when you were playing, did you relate particularly to other Italian ball players, or were they just like all the others to you? Well, in those days, actually, they had a rule, and you're not supposed to fraternize. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, because they, they you know, you may say something that you're not supposed to, and uh, but then we, we didn't fraternize too much. You know, we'd go by and we'd say, hey, Dick, you know, we used to use that for our Hey, Dago, Dago. Yeah. You know, and they, that was it. Because if they caught you fraternizing, it cost you 50, 100 bucks. Yeah. And in those days, that was a lot of money. Sure. So you call the other Italian players, or they called you Dago, what about the non-Italian players? Did they ever call that name to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, today, in those days, we didn't mind. You yeah. Know, they say, hey, Dave. 
Yeah. Or what? So what? You know, I was proud to be an Italian. That didn't bother you. But today, no, sir. But yeah. today, you say, hey, Dig, or hey, Wop, or, you know, some other things that I'm sure you know of. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You hear from the the officials. Yeah. <laughs> Which it shouldn't be, my God. Baseball is a friendly game. Yeah. So this, you know, I've read about the story about when you were uh, terminated as manager. Is that story true about you telling Mr. Wrigley the team wasn't going to be very good and he got mad and fired you? Yeah. That's it, huh? <laughs> it was in Phoenix, Arizona during spring training. Uh-huh. You know, managers go over to the club with their coaches and, you know, this guy can play first, that guy can play center, and this fellow needs more seasoning, and, you know, we knew the game, we knew the players. Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I was just telling, being honest with Mr. Ridley, telling him the truth. You know, we need help. We need a center fielder and a catcher. Yeah. And a first baseman, and I was kind of on my way out as a full-time player, and a first baseman. And that was it. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, and after the meeting was over, before it was over, Mr. Wrigley said, you know, this is the first time in all the time that I've owned the club that any manager has come up to me and spoken to me on these grounds. Uh-huh. You know, I'm really proud that we sat there and talked. I said, boy, I feel pretty good now. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I guess my... General manager got to Mr. Rickman. He didn't like what I said because this is part of his job to bring in players. Yeah. With Matthews. Okay. We didn't get along together anyway, even when he was in Brooklyn. Uh huh. So we go into Dallas and we were living in Dallas at the time and I was managing. We played the exhibition game and they were playing. Well, they were the New York Giants and, and Bob Lewis said to, Mr. Matthew would like to see you up at the hotel. Free will, you know, we're going to go over our, our roster and see who we're going to keep and who we're going to release. Right. Well, who are we going to release? He <laughs> released me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What, what was his first name? Whit. W-I-N-D. Whit Matthews. Okay. He was affiliated with the Dodgers for a long time and scouting department. Hmm. Not one of my favorite guys. So, do you think it was more his doing than Mr. Wrigley? Yes, sir. Okay. All the way. I see. He's passed away, so I can't... Uh, I'm just being honest. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, I, you know, I have a kind of a presentable club. We, yeah. We're kind of, like I say, in the rebuilding process, because some of our players were, you know, getting old, so to speak. Sure. And I get this vine line here that comes put out once a month. Right. And they got a big article there on Baylor this month. Yeah. They ask him almost the same questions. Uh huh. I'm giving you an answer now. Right. He gave. He gave. Do you have that? No. No. Get a copy of that. Uh huh. They ask him just about the same questions that they were asking me, and I got fired for. <laughs> He answered them all the same way. You know, what help do you need now to yeah. make this a good winning season? And he mentions a name. You know, yeah. we need a 
left fielder, Brown, he says, our left fielder, he says, uh, may need a little help out there. And he went to three or five, six, five or six different guys. Mm-hmm. And I got canned for that. <laughs> so much for honesty. <laughs> there you go. Well, he's being honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, times have changed. Yeah, well, he needs help. They should go out and try and get it for him. Yeah. So, now, what did you do after uh, you finished managing them? Well, I stayed in the game uh, still as a manager. Uh, I managed Buffalo. Minor leagues, yeah. Three years or two and a half years. Yeah. Managed Lancaster for one year. And uh, I uh, was a coach for the hitting instructor for the, the Mets. Right. For quite a few years with Yogi Berra and Joe Torrey. Mm-hmm. And I also coached uh, Detroit for the Detroit Tigers. Right. For, I think it was two and a half years, and Bob Sheffin was our manager. Okay. He's a beautiful guy, too, by the way. So how, how old were you when you finally retired from professional ball? You were still young. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I say, the game has changed so much. It's just, uh, I don't know if it's worth it, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, overall, what would you say that baseball meant to you? Beg your pardon? What did baseball mean to you, overall? Well, it was, number one, it was a game that you know, I was proud to be playing and Proud to be a part of. Proud to of so many things that I learned there from the game itself and the people that were affiliated with the game mm-hmm. and helping me so many different things in life that, uh, you know, we all need help. Yeah. And I respected them for it. And every, I was proud uh, of the game itself, to be honest with you. And, like I say, to be in three World Series and start playing in the big leagues at a year of 18 years of age where I should be in high school. Yeah. And uh, proud of my teammates, to be honest with you. Yeah. Billy Herman was number one because he was our second baseman then. Right. And he was, you know, he's a big help to me. Hmm. Playing first base and being inexperienced and to have a full hitter up to a left-hander, and I wouldn't guard the line. He'd say, hey, Phil, Phil, hey, Dave, get over to your, to your, uh, to your uh, right, so to, right, so to speak, mm-hmm. for the line, you know, and these are the things that he helped me with. You know, I, I appreciated that. Matter of fact, later on, he was my roommate. Oh. Well, obviously, baseball was a way for you to make a living, <clears throat> but it must have been more than that as well. I don't know what I would have done if I, uh. if, I if I didn't play baseball because uh-huh. you know when it came to schooling, like so many, <laughs> they didn't want to go to school. Yeah. But I imagine if I had to get to that point, and I was a disciplined person, so to speak, uh, I think I'd have made. I'd have done something pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, 
you retired. Where do you live right now? I'm not sure where you live. Well, we live about an hour and ten minutes from Atlanta. All right. In, in, in a little town here, community here, it's beautiful. Uh -huh. We're in a wooded area here. I see a lot of deer out here once in a while. Mm. And the little area we live in is in Villa Rica, Georgia. Yeah. It's V-I-L-L-A. R-I-C-A. Mm -hmm. Villa Rica, Georgia. close there down oh, yeah. deep south quite a change from chicago <laughs> well chicago i love not because i born and raised there but and played there but to me the midwest people you know especially the chicago area you know they're good people yeah they they love to see a good ball game like they are now although they finished last all the time and they still pack the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. The key there is they're good people. I have. I just thought of another question. Do you remember a ball player named Frank Demaray? Did you play against Frank? him, Demaray? Yeah, he was our he was our left fielder. Oh, he played with the Cubs. That's right. Now, it was he Italian? Do you know? Frank Demaray. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Sure. You're sure of that? He was our left fielder. But you're sure he was Italian? Yes, sir. Because the reason I ask is his name appears in the in the baseball encyclopedia as Di Maria. No, Demery. But when I looked at, I was at the Hall of Fame and I looked in his file, his questionnaire, and he doesn't call himself Italian. He's got French and Irish. <laughs> well, I thought he was Italian. He was a good hitter, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he had a good record. But did he identify himself to you personally as Italian? Actually, uh, Frank was his first name. Yeah. He never talked very much. Oh, okay. Very, very quiet. He'd get in his locker area and just sit there and maybe talk to the guy on his right and left. And that was it. We never got to know Frank very well. Okay. But we got to know him and we respected his play. Yeah. And as a friend. But so you're not really sure he is was Italian. I'm positive not to bring this up. You you are or you're not. I, I'm not. Uh, you're not. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's I. It's just been a real tough one for me to solve because I don't want to. I don't want to identify somebody as Italian who wasn't. You know. Well, if it's at the Hall of Fame, the way you just explained it, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't say he was Italian, you know, I, I don't know how they got that Di Maria name for no. him. Anyway. Hey, was French one? 
He said he was French and Irish. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess he's not a ten. Okay. Well, listen. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your experience as a ball player, or as an Italian ball player? Oh no, I think we covered it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been uh, really a pleasure for me. Pardon me. You gonna write a book? I'm writing a book. It's you know, no one has done a history of Italians in baseball, and it's about come out. Well, I'm still working on it, so it's oh. going to be probably a, a, a couple of years, I'm afraid. Oh. But it's you know, there's a lot to it. So I'm still around when you send me a copy. Absolutely. Uh, what? Give me your address. You gave me Villa Rica. Seventy two twenty five. Tara, capital T A R, capital T A R A. Tara Drive. Okay. All right. Perfect. Seventy two twenty five. Very good. Listen, it's it's really been a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, talking to one player down to another. Exactly. <laughs> okay, my friend. Grazie. Grazie. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Thank you. Bye.